Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out, and make sure you subscribed. Talk to me. Hey, what, what are you doing? Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. We are rolling on the All Hammer show today. It's Hammer and Hammer. Uh, Nigel's out sick, so Chris Hammer, my oldest, is with me today. And let's go to the driveuber.com hotline and bring on Tony Kennett of Chalkboard Review. Tony was a longtime STEM educator uh, with the IPS school system here in Marion County. Tony, how are you? Absolutely fantastic, Hammers. Now, when we were uh, off the air making sure our connection was good, you told us that you got a little bit of some breaking news from a specific school system here in Indiana. Yeah, so uh, in Pendleton, Indiana, actually, according to Clay Robinson, one of our fellows at Chalkboard Review, uh, this education nonprofit called Intersect, which I guess was founded in the eastern central Indiana community to advocate against smoking, is sponsoring an all-ages drag show and story hour on October the 1st. Uh, that's a Saturday. And it is getting some serious uh, concerns from parents because of some of the stuff that is being advertised. And uh, the guy they have brought to uh, be the storyteller is a serious creep. Uh, now, it feels like drag queens and all that kind of stuff in school now. This is the new CRT, right? CRT was so yesterday. That's so 2000 and late. Now it's all about drag queens and indoctrinating your children that way. Yeah, it seems like the latest oppressed group or all of these individuals who aren't able to be as sexual as they want at all times of the day and night. We have to talk to kids that are in elementary school about their genitals and how to use them effectively, which is beyond disturbing. And if you would have told someone five years ago that this would be the battle we are having in the public space, they wouldn't believe you. They would have laughed you out of the public square. Uh, hey, Tony, it's Chris. Uh, in my high school career, I've been asked about my white privilege before. How should students handle a situation like that well, the first thing that I tell any student or teacher that's dealing with a situation like that is to not get crazy. Let the other individual act crazy. Let them say all of the weird nonsense that they choose to say and respond respectfully yet firmly. You don't have to agree with them. Don't ever let them convince you to apologize. You have nothing to apologize. You were born with what you've got, skin color-wise, genital-wise, that's nothing to apologize for, white male privilege, you know, notwithstanding. And in that case, I would recommend the first thing you should do is talk to your parents. Uh, you should also talk to a, another teacher if you have some kind of a concern or a principal or counselor, if that you think is your best option. But as always, I say you need to talk it out with your parents. Just let them know what's going on. Don't embellish a story to make it sound more exciting. Uh, there's nothing worse than having to play telephone and fight through that to get through the truth. So just let your parents know exactly what's going on, and then they can take it from there. And, Tony, I'm just spitballing here for just a hypothetical. Let's say that Chris has a dad, and he finds out that that happens, and he goes to the school and tells said teacher to kiss his backside. Is that wrong? I'm not saying that that's happened before, but is that the wrong approach? <laughs> 
So it depends. I would need to see the whole situation. The more that I hear about what's going on, the more that I I see, yeah, if the teacher is, you know, very adamant and saying, well, your son needs to address his white privilege because he's stepping on this, that, and the other and a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, that's a kissing the backside moment. However, if it turns out the teacher is willing to chat about it, there's a good bit of ground to be made. And at the end of this, you may find yourself talking to a principal or administrator about the teacher's future role with your son or uh, talk about possibly electing a better school board. And listen, we're joking around here. We're having a good time. But I think this is a really important conversation because I bet there's a lot of parents out there that are furious when their children come home and they say, yeah, I was asked about this and I have to write a paper about this. And it's a total political hit job. But at the same time, they don't, one, want to get on the teacher's bad side and have their grades affected. And two, they're not really sure how to address that type of thing. Yeah, it is one of those things. It's a difficult situation. That's why I try to encourage people to take it situation by situation. There really isn't, and although I get asked about this quite a lot, there is not a blanket sweep solution for any situation you can come across. There's a series of exceptions and things you have to consider. Not every single course of action is right for every group of parents or teachers. Sometimes I might advise to, if you can, get your kids out of the school. Sometimes it's work with the teacher. Sometimes it's fight to get a better school board elected it really depends on the situation because if you just run out and do really rash things you can make the situation worse for all who are involved tony kennett is our guest uh he is the man behind chalkboard review fantastic site that you can find out what's really happening with our schools around the country uh tony we're less than seven weeks away from the midterm elections um of course crime is a hot topic here in indy but education education is always going to be something in local elections that people focus on uh what has your attention as we get closer and closer to the midterms Uh, I always say that it's not who wins an election, it's who loses an election. And something that always astounds me with local politics is who's willing to say the most blisteringly stupid things right before people (laughs) head to the polls. I don't know what it is. Seeing here talking with you two, you know, both Chris and Jason, I would think that we might have a measure of common sense. If you're running for office, that you make sure you don't say anything really stupid right before the election. Seems kind of common. I don't know about you guys. Would you maybe kind of keep an eye on your tongue if you were running for office? Why should I start now? I think I speak on behalf of everybody in the city of Indianapolis when they say I've already done that. I have eliminated myself from public office probably in high school with the things that I've done, Tony. So I feel like I've got the green light just to do whatever. But Chris, on the other hand, (laughs) an actual elected official, he's the class president, El Presidente. He probably has different rules. (laughs) that's really funny i was uh, actually that uh you you saying whatever needs to be said was a conversation i was having with someone just yesterday but (laughs) unfortunately not too many get the message and uh the big huge education races that we're seeing in indiana are in the northern wedge of indianapolis school districts so your kind of northern windshield shape all the way from zionsville over to geist and that whole mess of districts in between. That's where the school board races have really begun to heat up. And one thing that I saw rather interesting is that the uh, one of the school board members from Hamilton Southeastern, in which actually uh, there is, are two uh, different groups, a very progressive group and a conservative group, vying for a lot of school board seats in the next election. 
one of the sitting progressive school board members got on Twitter the other day and said, oh, well, I'm, I'm really glad to see a, a big thread dispelling any myth that COVID lockdowns had long-term effects on children. It, actually, COVID lockdowns were good for kids. There were no long-term effects. Wow. And it's really good to hear this. And, and man, she got lit up in the replies. It was insane. She tried to back her way out of it. And the first thought running through my mind was she just made it so much harder for the progressives running for seats in that district because of the number of suicides that we have seen that have been tied to the depression and anxiety that came out of COVID lockdowns where kids were shut in their homes for a long period of time and cut off from anything but uh, a phone or computer screen uh, for dozens of hours in the week. And uh, to kind of treat that situation with such a blase manner to score a few political points is really going to, I think, uh, bring the importance of school board elections to local parents. Uh, Tony, I'm curious, do you ever hear from actual students, not parents, but students actually in school about the things that you say? Absolutely. Actually, I would say maybe a third of all messages that we receive at Chalkboard Review are from students that are, we guess, uh, middle school up through high school. The only reason I say I guess is because we don't believe it's our business in a lot of situations to know a lot about kids, and we it, that's between a you know student and their parent oftentimes. That's usually who we direct them to. But we do get a lot of tips from students about what's going on in classrooms. Uh, during the whole HSE scandal regarding the defund the police poster, uh, we were reached out to by several different students in the district that uh, shared classes with the uh, Shanavez brother, as well as that whole situation. So we encourage students to reach out to us if you like. Um, we're probably not going to have a very long conversation with you because, you know, you're minors and it's uh, not our place to have long conversations on uh, private messages with minors. That's that's just me. Chris, you're 18. You can bash whoever you want. You can do whatever. <laughs> you're you're free to go, kid. Knock yourself out. Uh, just gave you the green light. Oh, man, I tell you what. <laughs> uh, Tony, last thing before we let you go. And again, I hate wrapping up the conversation this way but this story from north dakota just it bothers me a great deal tony take us through this story first of all it's it's horrible that there would be an individual who was so upset by a young man uh, saying he was republican at some kind of a street party i guess is the the situation we're learning more about it that he would get in his vehicle he would start to pursue the 17 year old the 17 year old would call his mom and say hey i'm being pursued there's this guy he's after me because uh, we got into an argument about politics that i was a republican he called me a far-right extremist and then he ran over the 17 year old i mean of all of the ways to to actually engage in the act of murder to physically run your vehicle over see the person terrified of you running away from you run them over it's horrible. It's a political hate crime because the guy admitted to it. Uh, he didn't leave any room for doubt. And I remember that whenever there's someone on the other side of the aisle that gets hurt in a senseless act of violence, the first thing the media does is they always run to all of the Republicans that the person who had committed the act of violence had ever spoken about or had ever listened to. And they say, well, it's because of this Republican violent rhetoric that's the reason why this individual killed this person on the left. And yet, I don't see any of the media doing that now. Here's no. a clear act of a guy saying, I killed this 17-year-old because he was a Republican. I killed him because I thought he was a far-right extremist. And not a month ago, you have the President of the United States saying that MAGA Republicans, that Republicans who supported and endorsed Donald Trump, 
are the greatest threat to American democracy, the greatest threat. Call them terrorists. I mean, parents have been called domestic terrorists by the federal government. And so these acts of political violence, as I've said a couple years ago, and I do not relish being right. Tony Kennett is one of the smartest guys I know. He can talk about anything, but his wheelhouse is the education system. One more time, tell us about Chalkboard Review. Absolutely. And uh, please stop lying. I'll make sure the check is in the mail. (laughs) Uh, That all said, Chalkboard Review is an education publication that we built to provide a perspective regardless of political affiliation. We accept uh, opinion editorials from teachers on the left, right, and center. We have yet to reject a piece because of politics. And we also report on education stories around the country that are often ignored by those who don't like the way that the story makes a certain political group look, left or right. You can find us at chalkboardreview.com, or you can find us across all of the socials at chalkboardrev. Tony Kennett on Twitter at the Tonus. Tony, thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.